I would be searching for an investment that can provide me a decent return, but at lesser risk to myself. So an I-bond is quite a unique solution to that problem today. And that is in part due to higher inflation. But that's because I-bonds are paying the highest rate they've ever paid. They've been around since 1998 and currently right now offer a yield of 9.62%. Now that can adjust every six months. We're going to get into some of the details on that. But the last time uh, it saw a record high was 2005, November of 2005, where it reached 5.70%. So it's crushing it. Welcome to Critical Thinking Required, hosted by LBW. This podcast is intended for free thinkers, entrepreneurs, and knowledge seekers. Join us as we discuss relevant financial topics, explore with guests their financial journeys, and engage with experts in industries such as space, media and entertainment, real estate, and many more. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome to Critical Thinking Required. I am one of your three hosts, Dan Weiss, with my two partners here, Tim Bickmore and Nathaniel Leach. Before we get into our topic today, we just want to remind the audience, it's a shameless plug, that you can find our podcast that is done weekly on a various number of avenues, from Apple to Spotify to Buzzsprout, the usual players. Now today, we are talking about a topic that we have spoken a lot about over the last three, four months, but we're just not talking about it quick enough with clientele, hence why we're speaking about this today. That topic is I-bonds. It's a topic that I don't think either one of us thought we'd be speaking about so much, but that's because I-bonds are paying the highest rate they've ever paid. They've been around since 1998 and currently right now offer a yield of 9.62%. Now that can adjust every six months. We're going to get into some of the details on that. But the last time uh, it saw a record high was 2005, November of 2005, where it reached 5.70%. So it's crushing it. So we thought we'd provide a little bit of information since we're speaking about it on individual basis for you to dive a bit into if indeed appropriate. And as always, if you don't know if it's appropriate, you know how to find us. Um, Daniel, we're going to start with you today. Okay. Would you mind perhaps talking about uh, just discussing the search for yield, that concept, um, you know, and why perhaps treasuries are considered risk-free assets? Of course, there's no real such thing as risk-free, but maybe as close as it could get in some people's minds. Sure. So since the great financial crisis in 08 and 09, there's been this search for yield because as a result of the central bank Uh, pressuring interest rates down and utilizing quantitative easing to do the same thing. Uh, There's been this search for yield by investors. So investors have gradually invested in stocks, bonds, and then really just anything under the sun. But the quest has always been to invest in something that's considered risk-free. So risk-free is generally applied to U.S. Treasury securities, because the U.S. has never defaulted on its debt. We're still young. So as Dan said, there's no such thing as a risk-free asset. So you have to keep that in mind. So with this search for yield, people have been gradually investing in perhaps more risky assets versus their 
risk profile. So if, for example, I am in retirement, I may not want to be have have all of my assets invested in the stock market. I might want likely want to have some cash on the side, a perhaps larger than normal emergency fund to account for any uh, emergencies that pop up because I don't have a, a W-2 income coming through the door like the average working person does. So I would be searching for an investment that can provide me a decent return, but at lesser risk to myself. So an I-bond is quite a unique solution to that problem today. And that is in part due to higher inflation, which I can go right into is what are I-bonds? So I-bonds, as Dan said, were created in 1998 with the backing of Vice President Al Gore and Treasury Secretary Fisher. So uh, they created this instrument because they wanted an investment instrument that was relatively riskless to the investor, not completely, but uh, relatively riskless such that they their investments or their assets could grow with inflation. So an I-bond is different from other securities whereby I buy $10,000 of I-bonds today at maturity, which is just a 30-year time frame. That's the only maturity. You would then receive $10,000 back. But in the meantime, you would be receiving semi-annual interest payments uh, that would then that are adjusting based on a combination of a fixed interest rate as well as the variable interest rate. So typically the fixed interest rate has been relatively low. The big kicker today is that variable interest rate, which is, as Dan said, ranging at the nine plus percent range. So the risk you take is that in every six months, they adjust the variable interest rate based upon inflation. And that could go down. So you can only take, you can only invest so much into I-bonds, $10,000 per person. And then there's some exceptions to that, which we can go into. And that rate though can adjust every six months. So your, your coupons, your interest uh, coupons can vacillate with time. And uh, you've done this yourself. Yes, yeah. I have. It can be a long drawn out process if you have to send in the paperwork yourself but it can also be relatively seamless. Uh, it depends on the circumstances. For me, it was long and drawn out, but well worth it. Can you tell us, Nathaniel, about what, what engaging the process looks like, what people have to go through, how they acquire these bonds? So you have to log in, you have to create an account on treasurydirect.gov, the website. And that process can be, it, you gotta put aside at least a half an hour just to make sure you're, you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's. Uh, and then, if you're successful, you will have immediate online access whereby you can then go and buy as many I-bonds as you want up to the limit. And, or you might have to print out the paperwork and go to your local bank to get what's, I think it's called a medallion guarantee, I believe. And you have to get that signed by somebody at the bank. And then you have to mail in the paperwork or fax it in. So there's always that risk of lost paperwork and such. And then you have to wait until you receive an email from the Treasury Direct website saying that your account has been accessed. And then you proceed as if 
to go and buy the bonds. And the medallion uh, signature guarantee is uh, not something that's offered by every branch that you'll go to. Right. The bank accepts some liability for that kind of endorsement. So you'd want to call ahead of time to find out who has the ability to sign for that and what branch. And if you can't find that, let us know. We're happy to recommend a different bank for you. Yeah. So um, thank you, Nathan, for, for going through that. And again, if, if you are a client and you want some more instructions on that, we do have we have an email that we're happy to send to you to, to walk you through that process. I haven't heard from Tim yet today, right? So we're going to flip over a couple of questions to him. Uh, Tim, uh, we kind of have alluded a little bit to it, but could you speak to maybe some of the pros and cons that we find within this investment? So I-bonds definitely have pros and cons. It just depends on how you're using it. So Nathaniel brought up a really good point. The, the benefit of an I-bond is the current interest rate relative to other riskless securities, as Nathaniel would say. So when we're comparing a cash equivalent, you're looking at deposit accounts like a high-yield money market or a savings account at a bank. And currently, those may be paying 0.85%. Now, that rate most likely is going to adjust upwards as the Federal Reserve continues to increase the federal funds rate, but it just may not increase at the same rate as, for example, the I-bond, because the I-bond is tied to inflation and not necessarily tied to the federal funds rate, which, again, deposit accounts aren't directly tied to the federal funds rate. It's more of a residual effect of why the interest rates rise. So it becomes a very big pro because what you're trying to do from a financial planning standpoint is that inflation erodes the dollar. The dollar today is worth more than the dollar tomorrow because of this eight point, roughly 6% inflation moving forward. So if you need cash on hand from a planning standpoint, you, you may need it for the next 12 to 24 months because you're going to spend it, but you don't also want that value to erode within that time frame. So what do you do with your money? Well, you could put it into an I-bond. The cons to the I-bond though, is it's similar to a CD, like a 12-month CD, which means that you cannot access those funds or cash it in for at least 12 months. If you hold it for five years, then you have no penalty. If you hold it between 12 months and five years, at any point you decide to take that money out, that money will have a three-month interest penalty. So if you held it for 12, cashed it in, they're going to pay you for nine months, not 12 months of interest. And whatever that interest rate is, as Nathaniel mentioned, it's going to re-rate over time every six months. So you have to just make sure that you don't need that cash for at least 12 months. And if you do, then don't do that. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Again, depending on your circumstances, not trying to give advice. But overall, that is one of the cons. The other con is the fluctuating interest rate. It can fluctuate based off inflation. If inflation numbers can come down, the rate will come down. And then the other kind of pro slash conduit is depends on where deposit accounts get. So a high yield savings account is pretty much daily liquid. You can take out six times per month out of that type of an account. So it has more liquidity to it. So if the rates were similar in um, or were closer, then it may be like, oh, does it make sense to lock my money up for 12 months or to keep it daily liquid in my account? So we're always just playing that game mm -hmm. and looking at it from that standpoint. Uh, the other con is let's say they did allow, which they I think there was an article that was floated around that they were trying to change how much you can put in an I-bond. Um, oh, yeah. And that's obviously not happened. But if they were to change, let's say, to 100 grand, that could be really beneficial to some uh, retirees to get better rates on their <clears throat> cash relative to cash equivalents like a high-yield money market. The one issue, though, is those interest payments are not paid out. They actually accrue. 
So you would not receive an income stream. It's only once you cash the bond out is when you actually receive your interest payment. So you don't get paid on a month on a six month basis. That's true, but that actually, that actually brings up a good point. There's two points that I, I just want to interrupt yeah. there real quick. One, uh, to the point of interest, you can choose to either pay taxes on the interest on an annual basis at your taxes, or you can choose to wait until you uh, call that, that I-bond and, and redeem it and then pay taxes on the accrued interest. So you have a choice there with the IRS. And then second, um, to the point of, of Tim's, uh, there's potential legislation that could increase the amount that a person could invest in I-bonds. I just want to pose there an interesting question. Think about that though, because if somebody was allowed to essentially 10 times their investment from the, the current limit of 10,000 to 100,000, think about that's a government security. The government has to is obligated to pay that interest until 30 years if you were to hold that security. By doing so, how, how are they going to pay for that security is the question. It might lead to higher inflation because they might have to print U.S. dollars in order to pay for it. That's a good point. And from the standpoint of you're restricting cash from the private side into the government, but then mm -hmm. they have to pay those interest penalties back. But if they are delaying the interest payments over time, too, depends on the calls, which could also create this in inflow and outflow from the government mm -hmm. from an economic. So that brings up a good point. So those are just some of the potential cons where people... Typically, when people are saying, I want an income stream in retirement, they want those payments on a quarterly, monthly, or annual basis. So you could set it up where you cash it in, but then you're taking the three-month penalty interest, which then you just have to compare it to other yield-generating securities and if it makes sense or doesn't make sense. So it's just dependent on your scenario. You know, A good example, if someone had 10 grand that they weren't, don't need to touch for 12 months compared to the savings account, it just it's kind of a no-brainer because of this disparity between deposit accounts and I bond um, interest. And that's why a lot of it's been kind of promoted as of late. So it's a good way to try to fight inflation. And that's the purpose of, it, of, the, uh, of the bond. Um, but there are some limitations depending on what you're trying to achieve from that specific security. Right. As Tim said, this is not investment advice. It depends on your personal situation altogether. There's the, there's the compliance part. Um, I think that pretty much covers everything. Hi, guys. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think I did cover the second question. I was looking at the other one. I was like, all right. Yeah, so I think we're good. Um, yeah, so I think that I mean, that's kind of wraps it up for us. Thank you so much for everyone uh, for taking the time to listen to us today. Uh, I-bonds are a, a really interesting topic and they've become something more and more of a hot topic due to inflation, which we haven't seen since the 80s. So even for some people maybe listening, they may have not even been born in that time frame. <laughs> so uh, it is a good topic, something to discuss, and we'll continue to keep you up to date. Thank you so much for allowing us to speak to you about iBonds today, and we will talk to you later. Thank you for taking the time to start your journey of thinking differently and listening to LBW talk about stuff they love. Until next time.